This episode is brought to you by Extinet Systems. Connecting customers quickly, securely, and reliably to networks and solutions is more crucial than ever. Extinet Systems powers the networks that make buildings run with secure 5G and fiber-neutral host solutions found in thousands of locations, relied upon by some of the largest sports and entertainment venues in the country. With services that include infrastructure, indoor-outdoor mobility, private wireless networks, and enterprise connectivity, Extinet provides businesses with what they need to thrive. Visit extinet.com to learn more. That's E-X-T-E-N-E-T dot com. This episode is also brought to you by Matsing. Does your venue need a high-capacity, reliable network to provide a better fan experience? Did you know that Matsing's innovative lens antennas provide the highest capacity connectivity in stadiums and arenas globally, with only a few antennas needed to cover entire venues? Contact Matsing at matsing.com to discuss your venue's advanced connectivity needs. Sports stadiums and large public venues come in all shapes and sizes. Some have domes, some have natural grass fields, some have banked concrete ovals where cars drive fast. While no two stadiums may be perfectly alike, there's one thing that all stadiums today have in common, a reliance on technology. This is the Stadium Tech Report podcast, where we talk to people on both ends of the stadium technology equation including the stadium technology teams who deploy it and use it, and the vendors and service providers who supply it. I'm Paul Kapuska, editor of the Stadium Tech Report and your host on the Stadium Tech Report podcast. With its stunning space-age architecture, Allegiant Stadium, the home of the Las Vegas Raiders, is a visually striking state-of-the-art stadium design that has already earned rave reviews from fans who have attended events there. But what might be just as important as the sleek construction, great sightlines, and eye-popping video boards is the technology you can't see, mainly the pervasive wireless connectivity and the gear that powers it. Listen in as we talk with Matt Pascoe, Vice President of Information Technology for the Las Vegas Raiders, about how experience, examples, and innovative thinking helped bring a cutting-edge wireless infrastructure to Allegiant Stadium, a cloud of connectivity that's ready to support the highest bandwidth demands of the world's biggest events. I'd like to welcome to the Stadium Tech Report podcast, Matt Pascoe from the Las Vegas Raiders. Matt, thanks for joining us today. You bet, Paul. How are you? Very well. Very well, thanks. I know we've talked about the whole genesis and uh, the way you put together the stadium technology stack in the past, but you know, for those who might not be as caught up, I'd, I'd love to start out with just talking a little bit about maybe just start at, you know, the moment you found out that things were really happening in Las Vegas and all the learning you had accumulated before that, that you now got to, you know, actually put into effect. What was that feeling like, uh, you know, to finally, be able to start doing stuff and, you know, installing wires and antennas and everything like that. Oh, it was incredibly exciting. Um, I mean, we had, uh, you know, I, I'd known something was going to happen for a number of years. So uh, I took that opportunity to travel around the league, around the country, uh, not to just uh, NFL stadiums, but, 
baseball buildings, baseball parks, basketball arenas, and just check buildings out, look at their technology, meet with, you know, my counterparts at the respective teams and, you know, uh, learn what they liked, what they didn't like, what worked well, what didn't. And uh, when we finally got the project, it was, um, it was extremely exciting, uh, quite, a, quite daunting as well. I won't, I won't, uh, I won't say it wasn't, but uh, no, it was super exciting and, and really, really great to be able to bring to Raiders fans what uh, they hadn't had before. And that's a, you know, a technologically advanced building. Well, and, and I think, you know, now having a year, a full year of, of fans there un, under your belt, um, do you have any kind of confirmation that the technology you got, the technology you installed was what you wanted and what you needed. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing there's stats, just general satisfaction, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, through, um, through a lot of the NFL surveys, right. That the, the league does, uh, we came back number one in overall fan satisfaction. We scored high across the board in, in a lot of areas, but look, technology touches just about every area of the fan experience these days. Right. Um, from before you enter the building, you know, your mobile app to, you know, uh, that's how you get into the stadium, mobile ticketing to how you interface with the building. So we're extremely pleased um, with how the buildings performed in all areas, not just technology, but, you know, it's been great. I could just spend all day talking about everything in there. I mean, I, you know, during my visit, I was just really impressed by everything, the way everything fit, the aesthetics. Um, but if we could here today, I'd like to focus a little bit on the wireless, starting with the cellular networks and then the Wi-Fi, because to me, the past few years have been a really interesting time for cellular deployments in stadiums, um, mainly because of all the inherent change with DAS business models, introduction of 5G services. But at some point, you had to make hard choices on what to put in and who to go with. So can you talk a little bit about the original planning process? We'll start with cellular. You know, who was involved? How did you pick partners and, and, you know, how did you help get the carriers involved? Because that's really, you know, the number one starting point, I think. Sure. I'll, I'll just start real quick with my philosophy on, on connectivity, right? And, and that is connectivity is, uh, it's a public service. It's like running water. You have to have it. It has to work well. It has to be seamless. And to do that, you know, you need to, you know, plan um, from the ground up, you know, both wireless and DAS. In terms of DAS, um, there's three basic ways you can do it. Uh, you can turn it over to a carrier. And with that model, um, look, it's probably the, the, the easiest uh, in terms of uh, uh, headache. And But unfortunately, you get the least control. Right. I saw buildings where there was multiple sets of antennas in the building. You know, and I would ask my colleague and, you know, say, hey, what, what, what's going on here? You got like, this looks like two to three sets of antennas. And they would say, yeah, well, that one's carrier A. And that one's carrier B. Well, how do they perform? Not very well because they both step on each other. Right. Or, or whatever. And plus, it's twice as much stuff in your building. So that, that kind of concerned me. Essentially, you know, with that model, you need to rely that, frankly, business competitors are going to, you know, come to an agreement and get along. It was very important for, for us to have an equal experience uh, on cellular uh, voice and data, no matter who the carrier was. And so... So then you go to the, the second method that you can deploy DAS is, and that's by a, um, you know, a third party operate, owner and operator. And most of these, uh, companies are, are REITs, real, real estate investment trusts. And look, they, they, their investment is they want to own an asset in, in your building. And 
we didn't really want to give up that control. And then the final way is to, to fund it yourself and own it yourself. And that's frankly the, you know, you have to come out of pocket with a lot of capital uh, with that model. And it's, uh, it's, it's pretty scary uh, to, to do that, especially when you talk about the price of these DAS systems. And, yeah. but that's the, that's the method uh, that, that I chose. And uh, that's what, what I thought was best for our building and our, and our fans. And so that's what we went with. Again, it, it wasn't easy. We had great partners. But uh, we look, we finished the construction of this building in a pandemic. <laughs> and look, with, the, with, the, with the owning yourself uh, model, right, the, the plan is you put out the capital and you make the investment and you work on the design. And then, frankly, you need to sell it to the carriers and they need to, to recoup that capital that you put out. You need to, to sell it to the carriers. And uh, we had one carrier on. Now, just to make things easy, I'm not going to mention any carriers' names on who was first, last, you That's know, all right. of those things. But I'll just talk about the experience. We had one carrier on pre-pandemic, and so we got about a third of our <laughs> of our cost back. Okay, great. And then, bam, COVID hit, and our calendar of uh, 2020 to 2021 events went from 55 to zero. Wow. And naturally, the other carriers kind of frankly stepped away and kind of said, call us when you've got events. And I, I get it, right? That's, they, that's their yeah. business. Um, and so it you know, applied a lot of pressure to us. But look, we knew we, we had to stay the course and build the system and, and see it through. And we did. And look, now, now we've, we've got a fantastic system. We've got, you know, all three major carriers are signed, signed up. And uh, and things are good, but it was tough there during during COVID and during the first year when we didn't have fans in the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, da- uh, Daz is not for the faint of heart, I'll tell you that. No, uh, but I, I learned a ton, you know, over the last you know four years of, of this experience, and I think where we ended up is fantastic. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for anything. When we come back, we'll talk about how some innovative antenna technology help the Raiders blaze a new path in wireless stadium networking. More from Matt Pasco after the break. This episode is brought to you by Extinet Systems. Connecting customers quickly, securely, and reliably to networks and solutions is more crucial than ever. Extinet Systems powers the networks that make buildings run with secure 5G and fiber neutral host solutions found in thousands of locations relied upon by some of the largest sports and entertainment venues in the country. With services that include infrastructure, indoor-outdoor mobility, private wireless networks, and enterprise connectivity, Extinet provides businesses with what they need to thrive. Visit extinet.com to learn more. That's E-X-T-E-N-E-T dot If you like our show, why not take a minute now to subscribe? to make sure you don't miss another great episode. Simply go wherever you look for fine podcasts and search for Stadium Tech Report. We can be found on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, and on SoundCloud. You should also visit our website at stadiumtechreport.com and sign up for our email newsletter, where you will find links to all our past podcast episodes, as well as all the breaking news, analysis, and commentary that will tell you all you ever need to know about the stadium technology marketplace. Can you talk a little bit about the specific you know, technology choices you made and, and why you picked one partner or one provider sure. over another? 
essentially there's, there's, there's several ways to do DAS in a building, right? Mm-hmm. The most conventional way uh, and the kind of the, the, what was the, the gold standard, I suppose, for a long time was, and this, and this is all, you know, LTE stuff. We're not, we're not in the millimeter wave yet. So we'll, we'll get there. Right. But um, historically you would have large antennas at the back of sections and it would come in from above over the back of your fans heads. Um, and that was how you got the signal to your guests. Pretty effective, right? Uh, it's, uh, it, it's from overhead, uh, which is nice. But the issue is your, your, your best experience, your best RF experience is, is from the back of the sections closest to the antenna. And the worst experience is down at the front, which is frankly where your higher paying guests are. Right. And so that model doesn't, there's, you know, there's problems with that model. Um, and then depending on, you know, what your, your, your seating looks like, you can, you know, supplement with antennas up front. Sometimes they supplement in the antennas, you know, down the aisles, lots of supplemental antennas. Well, in our building, Allegiant Stadium is very, very, very tight in that all the fans are very close to the field. I don't, frankly, have much room at the back of, it, of sections to put these very large antennas to cover the back. So that wasn't even really an option with us. Hmm. So when we kind of started to, you know, when we when we got the the, the designers um, looking at, OK, well, where can we put these antennas coming down from back of sections was not really going to be an option. So we were going to look at a majority of an underseat deployment. And well, an underseat deployment works well if done right, but to do it right, it's very expensive because with the antennas going under seat, shining up into frankly big bags of water that all us human beings are, yeah. um, the signal gets attenuated very quickly and it doesn't work well. So you end up needing a lot of antennas. So it becomes very, very expensive. So and even though we had we had planned for all this and and you know um, with our precast concrete for the stadia. Uh, I put as many holes as they would let me into the knowing I was going to have to put, you know, right. copper and fiber through those holes. Right. Um, but still, even with that, you know, you're talking about a whole lot of antennas and a whole lot of remotes. Right. So from there, we said, OK, well, this is this is getting really expensive. And, you know, the more expensive you make, the more capital you need to expend out front, and the more you need to go sell this thing to the carriers for. So that wasn't really all that attractive. Meanwhile, while we're doing this, we've got a couple areas of the building which are big, wide open areas like our north peristyle end where the torch is. Yes. And then the field and then outdoors in our field tray where the field tray goes. We wanted to make sure we had coverage out there. So if we wanted to do some pregame activation or what what have you. So at U.S. Bank, I had seen the, the Matsing antennas. Mm-hmm. They had success with getting some field coverage with that. And they had I think they had two of them at the time. And I said, well, okay, well, let's use let's use those for these uh, these areas where you have a, a really high ceiling and um, not much place to hang traditional antennas. And so we had them in the building. And then about that time when we were struggling with this cost of a full underseat deployment, I looked and read an article about Emily Arena in uh, in Tampa Bay and how they were doing an arena deployment with Matsing antenna. You know, I told our, our integrator DGP, like, let's run the model. Let's let's see how what, could this work in a stadium. Right. Now, our, you know, we've look, we've got some other great partners as well. So uh, I mentioned uh, DGP is our uh, installer integrator. JMA uh, makes the vast majority of the gear. They've been fantastic. They make all of our back of house antennas, uh, all of our concourse antennas, uh, the outdoor stuff, all the remotes that power all the antennas, including the matching antennas. And so, you know, look, th- this was probably not their first choice to switch to the matching antennas because... They were not going to sell as many JMA antennas, but they were a great partner. And 
and they worked with our guys and ran the models. And sure enough, not not only was it going to work, it was going to work at least according to the the RF models. It was going to work better than an underseat deployment. And so we said, let's proceed. Once you you, you get from there, you got to go to structural. We were very fortunate in that we had a we have a catwalk ring around the the um, near the roof of our building. Right. You know, then you go to the the structural guys and say, hey, can we support the weight to, you know, install these antennas and these remotes up there? And then, you know, you go, okay, now we got to get fiber up there. Let's make sure we get, you know, we get that taken care of. You know, before you know it, every, everything aligned and we had this opportunity to do, uh, to be the first building to do an entirely from above up near the roof gas deployment. And it works fantastic because there's nothing in between the, you know, the human being, their smartphone and the antenna. Cause when people are sitting in their seats, they're, they've got their phone in front of their face and it's open to the, right. open to above. So yeah, it's, it's, it, it worked out. It's been fantastic. Carriers were very pleased when, when they saw the performance, got nothing but positive things. Well, that's, that's really neat. And, and I was going, you, you did mention it had never really been tested in an arena the size of, you know, an, an Allegiant stadium before, but, you know, Having been there and looked around, it was like, wow, this really is the perfect storm, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I know I've been in several other places where they want to try it, but they can't. You know, the roof is not uh, built the same way. Yep. But, and, and then you got to even paint them black. <laughs> yes, we did. Yeah. Uh, look, aesthetics is extremely important to our organization, to our owner, and to all of us, really. Daz isn't the prettiest thing. And no. you see it, you come into some buildings and you know, it's kind of slapped onto the, the building and it's over top of walls that are painted a color and it's got, you know, piping and it's just, it's not attractive. That was very important to us not to junk up the building is kind of the, the, the phrase that we used um, during construction was like, I, I, said, I have to make sure we don't junk up the building. Yeah. And so that probably added a fair amount of cost. Uh, so many of the antennas are stealthed. So many of the remotes are hidden both inside and out of the building. Um, you know, our massing antennas are, are painted black to, to, and they just kind of go away into the ceiling. Um, outside our ODAS are in stealth poles. Inside pretty much every antenna, it's, it's hidden behind soffits and suites. You know, if it's, if it is in an exposed area, it's kind of high up and it's painted the same color as the, the, the background wall or case of millimeter wave. You can't paint them. You need to use a, a, a wrap, a vinyl wrap. And so we've done that there. So I guess that kind of brings a, brings us to millimeter wave. Yeah, yeah. Which we put throughout uh, our bowl, also from above, and that's worked well. And then you know now as we're doing our uh, our upgrades for our big event coming next February or this not next February February twenty twenty four, we're doing a lot of upgrades there, and uh, a lot of that is millimeter wave and C band and all of those things. And so actually last week I walked the building uh, with DGP to talk about, you know, a carrier's desire to upgrade. So that's what we're looking at now. When we come back, we'll hear more about how the Raiders are making sure their wireless networks will keep up with the ever-increasing bandwidth demands of the future. More from Matt Pasco after the break. This episode is also brought to you by Matsing. Does your venue need a high-capacity, reliable network to provide a better fan experience? Did you know that Matsing's innovative lens antennas provide the highest capacity connectivity in stadiums and arenas globally, 
with only a few antennas needed to cover entire venues. Contact Matsing at matsing.com to discuss your venue's advanced connectivity needs. I mean, that's really going to be even not just for the big game, but after that, I mean, every venue you go to in our, our recent survey, one of our questions is about gaming and mm-hmm. in venue. There's just so many applications in the near foreground already that are going to require low latency, high bandwidth. And, and you know, then again, there's back of house stuff too, right? I mean, yep. it just seems like it's, it's a natural evolution, but it also seems like you guys are prepared for all the upgrades. Yeah, absolutely. Look, JMA is really flexible technology, so there's not much rip and replace that, that needs to happen. And it's mostly adding on of, of different software and, and hardware feature sets uh, that allows us to, uh, to, to get those new frequencies as they come online. And, and your cabling was, I, I, I think it was like fairly redundant and, and had a lot of extra space if, if I remember no, talking no about Comscope people. <laughs> Most expensive part of fiber is, is pulling it. And uh, so, yeah, with, we worked with Comscope and, and made sure we had plenty of fiber for future expansion throughout the building. Well, and you guys, um, you know, we have a few more minutes left, but I, I did was say you guys are also innovative on the Wi-Fi side. You know, again, I think due to some of the structural quirks or attributes of, of the building, I just remember standing underneath the tower or the near the torch with you and, and getting a great Wi-Fi signal. And I'm like, I can't see the antenna because there's nothing close to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we were uh, we actually got some prototype of the Cisco Marlin antennas where Cisco has the whole stack for, of networking from uh, from wired to wireless, the IPTV, the telephony. but terms of the the wireless yes that was a that's a very difficult area for Wi-Fi because as you know the Wi-Fi the throw on a Wi-Fi signal is not nearly as far as, as cellular so you know we've got 90 foot ceilings there higher than that probably 110 foot ceilings there um, and it's a big wide open area and they certainly weren't going to let me put any antenna on the on the torch Mm. Um, wouldn't so, let you do it, huh? No, no. And so, so we, you know, worked with Cisco and we actually got some prototypes of the Marlin and, uh, and then got those installed. That's what we're using there. And we're looking, we're looking at other places in the building. We can, um, we can use them. Uh, one of the challenges that pretty much everybody has for Wi-Fi is, is getting the dead center of the field. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, typically that's done with temporary towers and, you know, we've had to do that a little bit, but now we're, we're, in, we've got some more Marlins and we're deploying those, getting the center, not for, for football games, but, you know, for concerts and whatnot. And we've been successful there. Yeah. I, I, I was recently at UBS, uh, arena in, um, New York and they're doing the same thing. You know, it's a smaller arena, but they're doing the same thing for the floor coverage. They've got Marlin. They just got a a batch of Marlins or the, I guess they're called the 9104s and they shoot straight down and they say yep. it's a, it's a real huge improvement over the temporary stuff on the floor. No doubt. So we have a couple of minutes left. Um, I thought we might crystal ball a little bit, you know, when you talk about connectivity, because there are, you know, new things. CBRS is, is something clearly that, that people are talking about mm-hmm. um, for back of house. Do you, do you guys have any short-term, long-term plans, any thoughts, any things that, You'd like to just try out? We're going to make sure that we can we can support it and we've got it online. No definite plans on, you know, who's going to get to use use those frequencies yet. You know, the public ones. We want to be flexible. Uh, I don't 
Um, again, that's part of having control of, of our system. Yes. Uh, is that, you know, when, when you don't have control, you could, the concern there that one could sign away control of a, of a certain set of spectrum, uh, that might be a public spectrum. And then, you know, once that's gone, it's gone and you can't use it yourself. Um, so we're kind of keeping that a little bit close to the vest and keeping it in house in case we need to do, you know, you know, a back of house technology that, that runs on CBRS or, or, or whatever. But in terms of the, um, the C band and, and those things that the carriers have purchased, we're going to definitely going to make sure that uh, that gets installed for them and that they can continue to provide to their customers, our guests, premium wireless signal. That's great. Is it time maybe for you to take a, a short little victory lap? Do you feel like you know, your, <laughs> your, your guesses and your hunches and your uh, experience, uh, or, or is there no time know, for that? <laughs> uh, I'd like to COVID kind of, you know, put a barricade across my victory lap. I, I thought yeah. we would be doing it in 2020. Um, it was a little bit weird to do it in 2021 because we were, we were still focused on ensuring that, you know, the building stayed open and, I don't know. I look, I, I, I'm thrilled every time I go in that building and I, you know, I give a tour or we have an event, uh, and I get to enjoy, enjoy it myself, enjoy our guests, you know, using the technology, being seamless in, as far as, as far as, uh, integrating with the building and, and communicating with the building. When the technology is seamless, then, then I feel good that our, our goal is accomplished. Well, that's great. Well, I can't wait to come back again. Um, yeah. For I, I'd love to come and see a soccer game too. I I saw you guys had a great. They've been some great events. Yeah, yeah, fantastic events. Yeah, yeah, and people, you know, I think the question of did Vegas need a, a stadium this size has been answered pretty emphatically. Hundred percent. No, we're we're thrilled that uh, this market has uh, embraced us and enjoying uh, the, our building. That's great. Well, Matt, thanks for joining us today. Appreciate the time again. Uh, can't wait to come back out for my next visit out there. It's a great place and, and a fun place to be at. Appreciate that. Yeah, feel free. Give me a call. We'd like to take a quick moment to thank the sponsors of Stadium Tech Report, whose support enables us to continue our efforts to bring our objective, unbiased, and unpaid-for content to the Stadium Technology Marketplace. Our supporters include our co-producing sponsor, AmpThink, our survey sponsor, Verizon, our podcast title sponsors, X2Net Systems and Matsing, and our publication sponsors, which include American Tower, Cox Business Hospitality Network, and Boingo. The Stadium Tech Report podcast is brought to you by Stadium Tech Report, the go-to publication for stadium technology news, analysis, and commentary. Technical production for the Stadium Tech Report podcast is led by creative director Dan Grimsley and digital designer Jackie Wen. Web and design work is by David Farris and John David. All contents of the Stadium Tech Report podcast are copyright Stadium Tech Report. Audio, video, and print content may not be reused without the express written consent of Stadium Tech Report.